Let's take a little time and talk now about the state that we are living in. Political, spiritual, maybe some life. While you are listening to Phyllis Faber. is Pastor Jonathan Mason, and I want to welcome you into the pastor's office on another beautiful Sunday afternoon. Uh, I pray that this week has been a blessing for each and every one of you. Uh, I pray that this morning you got up out of your bed and made it to some house of worship somewhere uh, where they celebrate the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Uh, you know, uh, the time for Bedside Baptist uh, is is gone. We need to be in a sanctuary. The Bible says, forsake not the assembling uh, of the saints. So it is my prayer that churches all over Philadelphia and churches all over the nation uh, will be filling back up with believers that know how good God has been to them. Hey, by the way, I wanted to let you know, uh, and I, it's nothing I celebrate. You know, well, I, I'm thankful for it, but it's nothing I make a big deal about it. But but yesterday, wow, I, 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 okay, I find it hard to even say this. Yesterday was my 51st birthday. 51. You know, when you're growing up, you never think that you're going to be old, but I'm old now with gray hair and my goatee, uh, and I move a little slower than I did. I feel, I still feel like I could get out on the football field at a wrestling mat again. I really do. I think I could do it for a couple minutes, not not the whole time, but, but for a couple minutes. Uh, but now I'm living vicariously through my son who is wrestling. Uh, but yes, we celebrated a birthday, and, and, and for me, the purpose of a birthday is really just to thank God for another year to thank him for the blessings that he has bestowed upon me uh, and my family, uh, and to recommit uh, to doing all that we can to stay in alignment with his will uh, for our life. So we give God praise for that. But listen, uh, I want to I jump right into it this week because we've got a very special guest uh, on October 7th, around 6.30 in the morning, uh, 50th anniversary of the Yom Kippur War, uh, which put Israel uh, up against Egypt and Syria, uh, Hamas stormed Israel, full-on assault, uh, by air, by land, and by sea. It was clear that this attack had to have been planned for an awful long time because there's no way uh, that they would have been able to mobilize those resources the way that they did and cause the damage that they did uh, without this being planned. So there was clearly an intelligence and a security breakdown uh, on the side of Israel. 
but the long and short of it is Israel and Hamas are now at war. Uh, anybody that's followed the news knows that uh, Israel and Hamas and Hezbollah, it's been an attention-filled relationship uh, for many, many, many years. Uh, as a matter of fact, when Israel was resettled uh, in 1948, I believe the year was, um, to be quite honest, there's been tension there ever since. Um, I've got a lot of thoughts on the Israeli-Palestinian relationship, but this is not the time for that. Uh, we, we will do a show one day where we actually talk about this and get some experts on the subject here in the studio. Uh, but I, I, I can tell you I got a lot of thoughts uh, about what's happening over there. Uh, but again, what we want to do today is we want to talk to a young man by the name of Jared Armstrong, uh, who was in Israel uh, when the attack happened and was there for several days uh, as the war escalated. Uh, and we want to get his perspective. He's a Philly native, graduate of LaSalle University. And again, here's the most important part. We're thanking God that he's safe from harm. So let's welcome into the pastor's office for the very first time, Mr. Jared Armstrong. Jared, come on into the pastor's office. How are you, sir? Good, man. Thanks for having me. And it's my pleasure. First of all, uh, you're a Philly native, uh, born and bred. How'd you end up in Israel? Um, after college, uh, I you know had the aspiration to keep playing basketball, and I was blessed to get the opportunity you know to keep playing and. You know, that's pretty much from the grace of God, to be honest with you. Now, when did you graduate college? Uh, 2020. All right, so you've been over in Israel since 2020? Uh, 2021, so this is going to be my fully season year two, but in total three years. Okay, all right, so you're playing professional basketball over in Israel. Now, here, I'm wondering about, uh, I'm sure that you've known about the history of Israel and the tensions that exist uh, there in, in the Middle East. When you were considering your options for continuing your basketball career, uh, did that give you any pause, or did you just say, you know what, this is where I'm going to go, and, and I'm excited for the opportunity? Uh, I would say a mix of both. I had some friends um, that played in Israel, so you know, I asked them about their experience, how they liked it, and um, you know, they didn't give me any backlash about the history or you know the tension um, that was going on. So I just really you know took their advice and from what they told me, and you know took advantage of the opportunity. Now, I've never been to Israel. Uh, it is one of the countries that's on my bucket list. And many of our listeners have never been to Israel, but obviously we track in the news what has gone on there for decades and decades. From from a person who's actually lived there for a couple of years, what is Israel like on a normal day? Give us some perspective. I mean, man, honestly, it's, it's like a second home to me. It's a beautiful country. Um, I mean, beautiful is not even describing the word I would like to use, but I mean, you can imagine Miami and LA mixed together, but safe, you know, there's not much violence on a regular basis. I mean, you got to understand everything that you see on the news is amplified. So, right. you know, you, 
You're not going to see, you know, people trying to rob you or kill you. Um, it's a really loving, you know, safe haven place, you know, for Jews, Christians, Muslims to all live together. Um, you know, I, from my experience, you know, I've been able to live in the north of, Tel- north of Israel in a city called Haifa. I've been able to live in a city called uh, Rishon Letion, which is right by the center where Tel Aviv is. And I, this year I was playing in a city called Ashkelon, which was the south. And I would say, honestly, you know, I loved it. You know, like I said, it's a second home to me. I, I always advise people, you know, that, you know, never been there or, you know, want to has aspirations to come to visit. You know, I think when you visit and see things for your own experience, you get to see it from your own eyes and not, you know, hearing this from somebody else's mouth. And everybody that I, you know, encourage to visit that do come, you know, they're just amazed and, you know, they kind of absorb the country the same way that I do. So, uh, I would say, you know, it's a beautiful country. You know, the people are nice. Um, you know, they, they welcome you with open arms. And, you know, it's a place, you know, obviously with the history of religion, you know, you get to go back to figuring out lineage and everything like that. And did you, did you, did you experience or witness any of the tensions uh, prior to what happened last week? Uh, any of the tensions that exist between the Palestinians and the Israelis? I mean, because, again, you know, from our perspective, looking from the outside in, it's a very tight area. And as, as a pastor, I've studied Israel, looked at it on the map. I know it's as ancient history as a, as trade routes, uh, which is one of the reasons why uh, the promised land was placed there uh, from biblical perspective. Uh, but it's a tight area. It's not a large area. Uh, did, did you ever witness any of the issues that are going on on the border or, or any of the tensions between the Palestinians and the Israelis? I, I wouldn't say I was, you know, witness, but I was like one of the terrorist attacks that they had last year. I was about five minutes from it. So that was really my only experience, you know, that was maybe life-threatening. That could have easily, you know, been me. But other than that, man, I, you know, like I said, it's very peaceful. It's very quiet. Uh, I haven't, you know, God bless, I haven't, you know, experienced, you know, anything, you know, with the tensions or, you know, have experience with, you know, violence or anything. So it's been a blessing with that point. You're listening to Philly's Favor 100.7 FM, and we're in the pastor's office talking with Jared Armstrong, professional basketball player who up until a day or two ago was living in Israel, uh, playing professional basketball there. All right, Jared, let's just jump into it. When did, when did you actually realize that Hamas had launched a full-on assault uh, on Israel? I would say it was Saturday morning. I got a call from my coach. It was about 6.30 in the morning, and this is our day off, you know, due to Shabbat and everything. And, uh, you know, he just called me and said, listen, Jared, you know, there's going to be some missiles and rockets in the city of Ashkelon. If anybody is listening that may not be familiar with the geographics of Israel, it's about 20, 25 minutes from Gaza, so not too far. And uh, about an hour later, I started to hear the rockets, and uh, I posted something on my Instagram page that went viral a video that showed a rocket that was about a hundred feet away from my apartment. And, um, that's when I realized, you know, that the, you know, the missiles and rockets were real. This is my first experience with it. You know, every rocket that hit, you know, landed somewhere, you know, it hit a building down the street from me, you know, that was apartment complex. Um, it hit right in front of my apartment and, uh, you know, it was a scary and, you know, I wouldn't even be able to really explain it. Something that you, you know, I wish nothing that, you know, happens to any of our listeners or anyone in general, but, 
I think it's something that you have to experience to know what it feels like to go through it. Now, what was going through your mind after your coach's call, after you see the Rockets, after you take that film? What's your What's your reaction? Uh, my first thing was, you know, I got to get out of here. You know, I didn't know, you know, obviously with everything going on and it was being a surprise attack, you know, they were taking over villages and cities not too far from me, about 10, 15 minutes. So I knew personally, you know, just thinking from my gut and from experience, not experience, but, you know, thinking what, what makes most sense, that my city was next. You know, if they're taking over these villages, you know, my city is the closest one next to it. So I, uh, I had a teammate. All of us live in the same apartment complex on the beach. And I went to his room. I said, listen, man, they're attacking. You know, he was sleeping at the time. I said, they're attacking. They're, you know, taking over villages. They're bombing. You know, we got to get out of here. And I had a team, not a teammate, but a, a close friend of mine that lived about, I would say, 45 minutes north, which they was suggesting most uh, civilians go north because, you know, nothing was going on, you know, past Tel Aviv and in that Tel Aviv area. So we drove. We just took the risk. We was like, listen, man, you know, they catch us, they catch us. It's our fate. And we drove and, you know, through our drive, we saw still, you know, missiles being hit and blown. And there was a lot of, you know, security checkpoints on the way to Tel Aviv, you know, and that was just kind of our, our fate and our gut telling us, you know, you know, we got to leave or, you know, could get really risky for us. So I'm, I'm looking at the, 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 these unfortunate numbers uh, right now, as of today, uh, over 1,200 Israelis have been killed. Uh, as of today, over 1,400 Palestinians have been killed. Uh, as of today, uh, over 100 uh, Israelis, and we believe Americans are part of that number, uh, are being held hostage uh, in Hamas. Uh, and we've, we, we, we found that many of the airlines obviously stopped flying in and out uh, of Israel as a result of the war. So when you realize that it was kind of tight trying to get out of the country itself, Jared, uh, did, did, did your coaches, did your team, did the league, uh, did they try to mobilize resources to, to, to get you guys out of there? My pers- my team personally, no. Uh, my team's uh, manager and uh, president actually had tragedies within their own family. So I think they're just with a bunch of it was a unique situation where everybody was kind of shook by surprise. But, you know, like I said, I followed my own instincts. You know, I know the league had flew a couple teams to Cyprus um, just to get players out of there. And that was on like the first night it happened. But like you said, the airlines started to shut down, you know, like the Delta United, most of the American airlines. So it, the flight became super limited. You know, lucky for me, um, I found a travel agent that the, our league was using and she found a last-minute flight to the United States, like, the next day. So I was blessed to be able to get out of there, you know, before, you know, they maybe shut the airport down. So so are many of your teammates still over there? No. All, luckily, you know, God willing, most of my teammates uh, went to Rome. I think three went to Rome and two went to Greece, or one went to Greece. And uh, I went back to the States, and they're all, you know, figuring out their next, you know, move, whether it's going home or, you know, trying to relocate to another team. You know, it's just a unprecedented event. You know, it's very sad, but, you know, we all, you know, are jobless at the moment. So, you know, players are trying to find, you know, their next situation and, you know, what's best for them. So do you have any any desire to go back to Israel once uh, the tensions die down? 
I mean, I do. I mean, I'm a dual citizen. So, you know, I, it's, it's a second home to me. You know, I hope, you know, things are resolved, you know, quickly and, uh, you know, in a positive manner. And, you know, I just pray for all the families, you know, that, uh, you know, went through this unprecedented event. And, you know, like I said, it's just the second home that, you know, I adopted with open arms and, you know, hope that they eventually adopt me the same way. Absolutely. Well, listen, first of all, before we go, so so I know that there are European leagues for basketball, so it, just excuse my ignorance. Uh, while we're talking, tell us a little bit about the league that you're in, uh, and I'm assuming you travel throughout the Mideast and Europe. G- give us give us just a little background on, on, on your career. So in Israel, um, Israel plays in European leagues, um, and they have their own domestic leagues. Uh, currently, my team that I'm on, we don't play in the European League. We just can play in our domestic league, which is commi- which is considered the league I- inside the country. Um, Israel is considered a top ten country for basketball. You know, right under Italy, Greece, you know, Spain, and all those type of other bigger countries. I think people have to understand Israel is, you know, just as as big as New Jersey. You know, there's only nine million people as a population, but basketball is a big, big, big uh, ecosystem you know, within the country. So, uh, you know, we play about one to two games a week and the seasons last, you know, between August all the way to end of June. I mean, end of May, early June. Um, like I said, the basketball is very competitive. You get a lot of, you know, former NBA players, players that got drafted, uh, you know, players that played at, you know, the highest levels of college basketball from the Dukes to North Carolina. So you get a, you know, a high level experience, you know, the fans are top-notch, some of the best fans in the country. You know, so it's, it's really, a, like I said, an ecosystem where basketball is, you know, one of the biggest, you know, sports in Israel, if not the biggest. So, Jared, you mentioned that all of your jobless now, obviously, the league is, is shut down there. I mean, what's your next move? Um, I mean, I, I, probably, I probably speak, you know, outside of basketball, so I hope to, you know, continue to share my story and my journey. Um, to, you know, universities, colleges, you know, synagogues, uh, you know, churches, chapels, um, and use that platform, you know, to speak out. Um, I also run a, a basketball uh, camps and clinics, um, actually named after me, Jab Camp, uh, that's been featured on ABC, CBS, and other publications to actually com- combat anti-Semitism, racism, and hate. Um, unfortunately, like things that are going on in Israel right now, you know, to bring, I think it's very important. We live in a pivotal time, you know, not only in America, but all across the world, you know, where Jews and African-Americans and others are, you know, marginalized. I think, you know, sports is a perfect way to bring communities together, uh, especially at a young age, to teach kids, you know, you can relate, you know, and be friends with somebody that may not be culturally, religious, or, you know, ethnically come from the same background that you do. So I'm, I'm kind of pivoting. You know, I'm still obviously training every day, working hard. You know, for basketball, but I'm using this time to also work on other, you know, adventures and ventures that I have, you know, outside of basketball. So how can our listeners get more information about Jab Camp? Um, so they can go on my website, uh, um, or they can email me from at jared at jaredarmstrong.net. Um, I'm privately, you know, publicly known in Philly. I been kind of just uh, using my platform to speak out about what's going on in Israel. And I was on Fox News last night. I've been known on ABC, Fox 29, CBS. So, you know, I'm all about, you know, bringing communities together and, 
you know, using my platform, you know, to educate and get back to the youth. Well, Jared, listen, man, I want to thank you for joining us on the in the pastor's office today. Uh, but most importantly, I just want to be I want to say I'm thankful to God that you're home and you're safe. Uh, so we want to certainly encourage our listeners to go to your website uh, or email you. Let's give them that information one more time so we can get you some support. It's www.jaredarmstrong.net, J-A-R-E-D, Armstrong.net. And then Jared, J-A-R-E-D, at Jared Armstrong. And everything contact information-wise is on my website. Jared, we're keeping you in prayer. And if we can ever be of support to you as you continue to run your camp, please don't hesitate to reach out to us. But thank you again for joining us on Philly's Favor 100.7 this afternoon. God bless you. Thank God bless you, too. Thanks for having me. Political spiritual maybe some life While you're while listening to Phyllis Favor yeah. Take a minute, turn the radio yeah. up And take a seat in the pastor's office Right Grab the frequency, yeah. tune in Get up word with Reverend Jonathan Mason Oh yes, you should Take a minute, turn the radio up And take a seat Son.